0: It's the Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Thursday, the 3rd of August. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. This back-to-school season is upon us. I hope today finds you well. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. The physical delivery of wealth insurance—that's what we do. And of course, that is gold, silver, right? We do a little platinum and palladium from time to time as well. But it's really all about taking some of what we've all worked so hard for. And they, you know, and they—they they claim to be paying you more, but yet it always seems to buy less and less, and you—you you, you put it away where only you know where it's at. It's not subjugated on, on somebody out there devaluing or deciding to print more or or you need to worry about feeding it or you need to worry about paying property taxes on it or anything like that. But, you know, something that's real. And this is what we do. You know, and you, and you think about it, and people always ask, well, why do I want to own it? And the answer really is so simple, and it's really easy for people to understand when you explain it. You know, just go back to when you were born. You don't even have to go back that far. So for me, I got a birthday coming up, and I'm going to be 47. I was born in 1970. Now, just imagine if you had, you know, an ounce of gold, whether it be a twenty-dollar gold piece, or you couldn't have a gold eagle, but uh, maybe you had a Kruger or or uh, something like that, and you had, you know, a hundred bucks, right? So you had, maybe you had three three gold, because gold in nineteen seventy was thirty-five dollars. And it was controlled. The price of gold was controlled by the government. The gold window hadn't quite closed yet. It was illegal still for you to actually own any of the coins I was talking about. You couldn't do that until 1971. But let's just say you had one. And you had, you know, it was $35. And you had $35 in cash. And you 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 buried them both. You put them in a coffee can, or who knows? You put them under your mattress. Doesn't matter where you put it. You you get up today and you decide. You know what? I'm going to go get that thirty-five bucks, right? And you got to go get that gold piece. The thirty-five bucks isn't going to go very far, is it? The gold piece, on the other hand, right now, all of a sudden, you got what? You know, 1200 well, right now, $1,269 spot price. Or or you could have the $35. Bucks. Or if you went back uh, to, to 1913 or go back to 1866 or 1925, or you go back to any period before they confiscated gold and the gold piece was $20, And you do the same thing this is why you hold it this is why it's such a why they call it a store of value it keeps you whole my uncle always used to tell the story about the cow if you went back you know we've been selling the liberties a lot lately right 1866 to 1907 18 it was like twenty bucks. You buy the cow for twenty dollars, or a twenty dollars gold piece. Buying a cow today, right? You need a whole lot more than twenty bucks. Did the did the cow change? No, the cow didn't change. Right, the gold piece didn't change. Right, you got the gold piece. Hey, I can still buy the cow. But if you had it in cash, you got nothing close to it. You got a a one. Uh, you, I don't even know if. Well, I guess the twenty bucks should probably get you one fillet, right? You don't even get the whole cow. You get one fillet. That's that's what you get. And it would probably have to be on sale if you're buying a good one, right? I don't even know. Can you buy four or five pounds of hamburger with twenty bucks? Maybe. I'm not sure, I don't do the shopping, but I know you can't buy much more than that. And if you buy the grass bed stuff, (laughs) right, then you can buy like two pounds. But this is why you hold it. Because quite honestly, you shouldn't have all of your money in bonds or stocks or in uh, real estate or whatever it is. Right? And they talk about it all the time, right? You always need to be diversified. And gold is that thing that does well primarily, right? It does well a lot, of it, but primarily it does well when everything else isn't. And you always run through these periods where they pretend, right, that they're they're not doing what they're doing. They're really not devaluing, and they're not, uh, all of this debt somehow is okay for right now, and, and it's always, you know, and the problem is, it's like today. Right, the stock market keeps running, and, and we've got debts everywhere, and we got to raise debt ceilings, and and all these central banks. I mean, we got a, a Fed funds rate of one percent, which was never supposed to have, have ever happened, and that you know, let's face, it, that's the highest it's been in ten years. And they always run it to the maximum. Everything's going along okay right up until it does not And that's when you're going to want to have it. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. 800 592 Insurance is the name of the game putting away something that you've worked so hard for and knowing. hey, when I need it, tomorrow, a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, a hundred years from now, a thousand years from now, five thousand years from now, it's going to have value. Really, when you think about it, it's the only thing out there that you can say that about. Right? It won't go to zero. It's been money for 5,000 years. Well, really, let's face it. It's been money since we decided we're going to use money. And they always try to create some different thing. You know the thing that when you think about the gold standard and you think about gold, you know there was no inflation. There really wasn't. When we had gold as our monetary base. When you look at and you study history, and you go and you look at the, almost the hundred years that the country operated without a central bank, and even when we had a central bank, we were still on the gold standard until 33. The only time we ever ran into any inflation was a war. Like the War of 1812, the Civil War. And as soon as the war ended, inflation came right back down. All the prices went right back down. And that's why when we talk about the story with the cow, the cow didn't change. The $20 gold piece didn't change. The only thing that changed was the median that they're using to, tr- to conduct the transaction. And they talk about, you know, inflation used to be a bad word. Because they really knew back then. People started to, you know, as they've dumbed us down, people don't know what they really mean when they talk about inflation. And I tell you all the time, it's a fancy way of saying, hey, we're devaluing. We want the money to be worth less. That's what they want. When Janet Yellen comes out and talks about, we want 2% inflation. And it's the worst kind of inflation now. She doesn't care if the cow costs more. (laughs) Well, I should say that she doesn't care if the hamburger or the bacon costs more. She doesn't care if the chicken costs more right they they have all of these things that they use and formulas and equations to try to convince themselves that they're really not doing what it is that they do and you you sit there and you and you start thinking about all of the things that have happened since we went off the gold standard right you think about the crash in, in, you know, started in '29. We talked about this the other day. Then, of course, we had the the problem of the '70s, right? Now you've got this, and I, you know, call a. Rec- I don't know what to call it. Right? They they like to say it's a recovery, you know. And of course, it's you know, we had the crash, and we had the housing crisis, we had the tech bubble. I mean, we had all of these things that, when you went back in, in history, you didn't really used to have. And now we've got a you know a stock market that is at an all time high. But in order for them to have been right, the twenty two thousand right needed to be like I don't even know probably sixty thousand right. Right, <laughs> that's where it would need to be for all these pensions to have been paid off. This is where probably where it needed to be to, for us not to be running trillion dollar deficits, right, and all those things. But it didn't work. It's not working. And they had an interesting thing yesterday, the, the London Bullion Market, the LBMA, the London Bullion Market Association. That's where a lot of gold trading happens. And they came out in their effort to say, to be transparent, they announced how much gold was in their vault. And according to the results, they said they had 600,000 gold bars worth nearly $300 billion are stashed in the vaults around London. There's also about a a million silver bars in the London vaults. Now, if these are, uh, and it doesn't say... In the article, But let's just assume these are good delivery bars. And the gold bars are going to be 400 ounces. And it's not exact. So some could be like 399, some, you know, 0.25, and some can be 401. But it's right around 400 ounce per bar. And on the silver side, those are 1,000 ounce silver bars. And so you think about one of those silver bars, <laughs> it weighs like 80-something pounds. They said, until recently, no one knew exactly how much gold and silver were stored in the British capital. But in the name of transparency, and they got transparency in quotations, because this is probably the least transparent transparency that I've ever seen. They published the data for the very first time. In March... The city of London, well let's just say the London Exchange, was clearing an average of $18.1 billion of gold a day. And so if you don't think, this is big business, were going anywhere, right? It wasn't like they were backing up the Brinks truck. Okay, get these 25 bars out of here and then Brinks comes in and okay, bring these 18 bars in here. That wasn't happening, right? They were paper trading the gold. Comparisonly, right now, Shanghai, which was doing zero, now does a billion dollars a day. And we'll watch that number continually get closer to each other. The Bank of England according to the least transparent transparency we've ever seen, holds the most gold and silver in London. They hold 60% of the total shares. And I thought, what? Because I already know the Bank of England doesn't own an eagle. They sold it all. Remember, remember when they sold it? Right, they sold all of their gold when gold was below $300 to the ounce. You don't think London wants their gold back? What's interesting, apparently that wasn't interesting, because I know for a fact they don't own it. But in this report, they said they do. We'll get to that in a minute. What's interesting in the new data is that we now know how much private custodians keep in their vaults? The private custodians, HSBC, by the way, for those of you that remember, HSBC used to be where you stored your gold here in the United States if you had a gold and silver IRA. I don't know if so, some of you are like, I remember that, right? Because then the HSBC Bank threw them all out because they wanted those vaults empty for their billionaire clients. Instead of storing, you know, a couple hundred thousand people's gold and silver and having to be accountable for that, they come in there, ah, we can do, we can sell this whole vault to one guy, right? <laughs> one multi-billionaire. Well, will he'll put enough gold in there for the whole vault. You guys all get out. J.P. Morgan, right, and this is where J.P. Morgan, right, they, they're they the, uh, and, and this is my own personal feeling, backed up, by the way, with a lot of data, J.P. Morgan is the manipulator of gold and silver for the, our Federal Reserve, and probably for all of them right, for all of the central banks. Then ICBC, Standard Bank, those are the three big players. For central banks, maintaining gold reserves is a legacy from a time when it was band-aided, you know, back when your currencies were backed by gold. And typically, an inflation hedge, and there's that word, inflation hedge, hedge and you hear people talk about that why is gold an inflation hedge and i love it when these idiots come out on tv oh it's no longer that way in this because it's not an inflation hedge it's a devaluation hedge because that's really what they mean we're going to devalue the currency and you know what over time as we devalue gold will always catch back up right there have some times where gold's lagging it though sometimes our gold's outperforming the devaluation, but over time it always catches back up. And it says it's an inflation heads or services offered to private companies or individuals. For this reason, it's not surprising that the Bank of England oversees around 400,000 gold bars or that the Federal Reserve Bank of New York stores close to 540,000 bars. Now, there was a key word that they used. They used overseas, and they used the word store. They didn't use the word own. Right? They just used the word, hey, we're watching, right? The Bank of England, we're just watching it." The Bank of New York, we're just storing it. The Bank of England itself only owns two of the gold bars. So of the 400,000 bars they oversee, they only own two. In its vault, the rest of the metal belongs to other central banks, commercial lenders, or other firms. The private institutions' gold holdings are a different story, and these numbers are worth watching. If their holdings fluctuate, it can indicate a lack of confidence or a rise in anxiety about the economy, and they now feel like they can track it more accurately. That's their goal, right? Well, we'll watch the private holdings. And if J.P. Morgan's holdings go down or up, we can try to guesstimate. Here's the problem with all of this, and why I call it the, the least transparent transparency we ever saw. Just because the gold is there. We have no idea, number one, who owns it. Number two, we don't know... If the person who's owned it leased it, right, or sold it, or we have no idea. Matter of fact, we know that happens because there's hundreds of billions of dollars worth of contracts being traded, and there's only $18 billion worth of gold. So it's impossible... To for us to actually know either any of those things. But I found it interesting because I just I wanted to share it with you. Because this is how big this thing really is. The central banks tried. They tried to convince the world that you didn't need to own it. Right in the United States, they made it simple. They knew they couldn't convince you in 1933, so they banned you from owning it for 40 years. But they tried, and the Bank of England's down to two gold bars. Yet somehow, there's six hundred thousand of them sitting in the vault. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, a constitutional attorney, and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70
1: years. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. The Equal Rights Amendment died 35 years ago on June 30, 1982. Its opponents, led by Phyllis Schlafly, gathered at a grand banquet to celebrate its demise. The Supreme Court ruled then that the time for its ratification had expired, and recent efforts to revive the amendment today have been dead on arrival. Liberals ridiculed many of Phyllis Schlafly's arguments against the ERA in the 1970s, yet here we stand today dealing with court-imposed same-sex marriage, transgender bathrooms, and taxpayer-funded abortion. Bill and Hillary Clinton put ERA's most prominent advocate on the U.S. Supreme Court, but Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has never been able to persuade a majority of the court that our Constitution requires mindless gender equality. Our nation can be grateful to Phyllis Schlafly and her grassroots army for this victory. America avoided the unisex society that ERA unsuccessfully attempted to impose. 35 years without ERA, we have thriving single-sex sports teams, sororities, fraternities, and even some flourishing public schools and classrooms that are all-boys or all-girls. As bad as judicial activism is now, if the Equal Rights Amendment were in the Constitution, federal courts would be spending their time deciding if Johnny has a constitutional right to play on an all-girls field hockey team, or if an all-boys public school is unconstitutional. This 35-year anniversary of the defeat of ERA commemorates an additional milestone, the emergence of the modern conservative movement built on social values as much as economic and national security. The election of Donald Trump, which Phyllis Schlafly foresaw and supported from the beginning, was a triumph over feminist political correctness. Stopping this media-promoted constitutional amendment once it was presented to states for ratification should have been as impossible as installing brakes on a runaway freight train. Our values and national security today owe much to Phyllis Schlafly's stunning defeat of ERA 35 years ago. 2017 marks 50 years of the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, mailed, broadcast,
0: and posted online to millions of Americans eager to follow her traditional, conservative perspective. We continue that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com, archiving the past, addressing today's key issues, and staying alert for the future. So bookmark phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Like no, Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour. The greatest store of value the world has ever known. You know, when you think about the lengths that they've come up with to try to convince you that you don't need to have it, the fact of the matter is, even with how successful they've been with it. Right, I mean, think about it. But what, what, maybe one percent of Americans own gold, maybe, and that that may be stretching it. And of course, you know, the biggest problem is about seventy percent of the people can't even afford it. <laughs> right? I mean, they they have no money to do anything with. And you think about the lengths that you know. Take our treasury, as our bank holdings, and why, you know, they talk about, well, let's keep track of just the private sector's part. Uh Uh-uh, you need to keep track of it all. They they love to tell you how the United States allegedly has 8,000 metric tons of gold. We don't really know. They do a bunch of, you know, fake audits and all that stuff, and I don't know why, right? I don't know why they play the game, but they do. One of the, you know, the skeptic in me says they do it because they know it's really not all there, and they just don't want to admit it, right? I, I don't know. I, I I believe that there probably is some form of an issue with the 8,000 metric tons, and that's why they don't, but whatever. Let's just say that we do have it. Most people don't know this. You know, we used to have 20,000 metric tons. And what happened to the other 12,000 metric tons? I mean, did it go to dentists, right, and all the gold teeth? Did it go to uh, provide the Mr. T starter kits, right, and everyone could walk around with a bunch of gold chains on? Where did it go? And, of course, the answer is, that gold went back to those countries because they're like, I'd rather have the gold than the dollars. Even when they changed the price from $20 to $35 for about, oh, 15 to 17 years or so, that, was, that appeased them. And how we got to 20,000 metric tons is they started, hey, here's a $20 gold piece. I want $35 worth of stuff now, please. (laughs) Right? And the gold came back. Well, after World War II, you know, right around the late 40s, early 50s, it already started going back the other way. Hey, here's these 35 Federal Reserve notes. Uh, Yeah, I'll take the gold back. And by the time Nixon got around to closing the gold window we were down to only 8,000 metric tons. And of course I believe anyway my personal belief is they knew all about the inflation that was coming and they knew that they were going to they were going to be out, right? They were by by they weren't going to get through the 70s with any gold left. And then you look at fast forward to the, to the 90s. They had convinced themselves that they had fixed the issues, right? So first they had to fix it in the 30s. They confiscated the gold. Then they revalued it. Then they banned you from owning it. And then they gave everybody, the rest of the world, a little free stipend of 15 bucks which they used up until about the late '40s, and started saying, "You know what? Here, here's your here's your worthless pieces of paper. Give me the gold back." Till so they eventually had to close the gold window. Then they fixed it again in the '90s. In the European Central, you know, the the European countries, the big ones that had the gold. We're talking about England. We're talking about Germany, France. Spain, Italy, Portugal, Luxembourg, you know, all of those countries, they had an agreement. The Swiss, the agreement was they could sell 500 metric tons a year between them. And every year, they did it. 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005, and then it stopped. And today they did change the agreement to 400 tons. By the way, as they by by the by the end of the tech bubble crashing, they went down to 400 tons, and then but it stopped because every year they would fill it. They would sell it. They were convincing people, you don't want this. We don't need gold. It culminated with the Bank of England selling all of it. Well, I guess all but two bars. <laughs> so all of its gold told everybody they were going to do it. Actually set the low for gold probably that we'll ever see again, at least in in dollar terms of, I want to say it was $253 to the ounce of course we know what gold has done since but then the central banks, after the Bank of England did that, no one followed suit, right? The Germans didn't do it the French didn't do it everybody was like ah, you know what, Yeah, go ahead yeah. we're right behind you <laughs> Then they started turning around and running the other direction. And none of the central banks really sell gold today. I mean, some of them do. They sell a pittance, right? Three or four metric tons. Like, Germany does it to pay for cost, right? They, they, They sell a few tons to pay for their treasury operations and all that stuff. But nobody's a seller anymore, right? And we know, even today, Central banks are net buyers. Primarily who? The central banks of China, the central banks of Russia, right? The ones that, hey, we didn't have any gold to start with and we're catching up. But then the central banks have gone a step further now. Yeah, I know I got some gold in New York and I got some gold in England. I got some gold here and they started what bringing it all back. Of course the Germans the the foremost in that. They're repatriating their gold back into their vaults. Right kind of like what Texas wants to do, right? They're building a depository cuz we want Texas's gold in Texas. Why is all of that happening? We're going to talk about that next. Yeah. Welcome back to your radio news hour. Who's holding all the gold? And why do they hold it if it's not necessary? And the answer obviously is simple. It's very necessary. And when you look at what's really happening, right, you see the pendulum shifting again. Right? We went from taking it away right in the 30s we got to take it away from you but we're going to amass it all to the giveaways of the 50s and the 60s (laughs) then we took that away right No no more redeeming dollars for gold for you foreign countries then they went to let's just sell some of it We'll just sell a little bit (laughs) every single year. Then England came out and said, ah, the heck with that. Let's just sell it all. And then all of a sudden, after England sold it all, you had four or five more years where they were selling some. And then it stopped. And all of a sudden, you had central banks buying it continues to this day. Then you have the central banks that had already had the old relic saying, you know what? Yeah, I like London. It's a nice place. And I don't know. I've never been. But, yeah, you know what? Why don't you ship that back here? Right? And we're watching as, and, and really, when we know, right, the next the next crack, you're going to see even more, right? Everyone's going to bring the gold back, bring the gold back. And they come out and they, they call it transparency. and they, But they, the real transparency would be, hey, show us who owns it. Have we leased it out to somebody else, right? Or, or, or do we pretend to own it? And one of the things that we, we'll we're noticing is the big ownerships now of private individuals. Something you know, we, we remember the Hunt brothers. Right? You we all know that story. Right? They were cornering the market on silver. And they had bought you know, and really what most people don't know is they did it by buying all the junk silver in the world. They were buying it all. And, of course, didn't they put the guy in the pit after they, they had quietly bought it all? <laughs> they put a guy down in the pit knowing that it was, stuff wasn't there and drove up the price. Of course, we know how that all ended, right? They changed the rules, number one. And and it, well, like any good billionaires, they punish the Hunt brothers, but they still, you know, made sure they're gonna be okay. But we really never saw these large billionaire investors hoarding gold. And now we you know, we we look at whether it's HSBC Bank, the vaults in London as an example, those vaults in London as gold was shipped back to Germany, as England sold all of its gold. That vault space, it didn't get bulldozed. It's not sitting empty. It's definitely not storing pound sterlings or Federal Reserve notes or anything like that. No, not only has all of that space been taken, but they've been building more. And they're building these spaces all over the country. We've got depository. Most people don't know this. There's a depository in Utah. There's one in, uh, was it Idaho? There's one in Delaware. Uh, Texas is building another depository. Right? We've got the one in New York, you got Florida. I mean, there's gold depositories all over this country. All the new ones being built. Being taken by who? The individuals. The ones that can actually afford it. Because they know what's coming. Right? When the debt bubble pops. That's wind, what, gold? Okay, let's get back to all that devaluation stuff that you've been doing, and, and up it goes. And this is happening everywhere in the world. London is a prime example. I mean, the pound sterling's been hammered, and everybody knows, you know, in the out of the euro, in the euro, in the EU, not in the EU, and all the craziness that's going on there with the terrorist attacks and all of those things, they see it. And you look at what the Chinese have been doing, no one really knows. I don't know. I mean, we know what they tell us, right? And the Chinese, they don't like to tell us stuff, right? Every every five, six, seven years, they'll make an announcement about how much more gold they have. And then everybody sits there with a pen and a paper saying, but wait a minute. You brought in way more gold in the country than that. There's no... Yeah, you got a billion people, but the math says the billion people didn't buy it all. Where's the rest of it? I don't know. But what you need to... And what we really need to focus in on is why. If things are so much better, if we're really getting ready to, to just go out of here... Guns a blazing. Why wouldn't of this count of these six hundred thousand bars? Why wouldn't it have been four hundred thousand or three hundred thousand or two hundred thousand? Why is it actually rising and not falling? Patriot Radio News Hour. Final segment coming up. Final segment on this Thursday. I'm going to tell you, gold's down three fifty, twelve hundred sixty-eight and change. If you go out to the website, it'll say that gold's up two bucks. Uh, again, we've got this weird thing happening. It's been happening all week. When gold closes in New York, it stays open in electronic trading for an hour. That hour has become very volatile lately. And, and it's been a pattern where it's, it's been down you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every day this week. and then it comes back <laughs> and and we've been playing this game and and I will tell you right now tomorrow's a big day to uh, job we got jobless claims to 240,000 it was in line, but tomorrow's the government jobs number um, and and I think the the numbers at best will probably be in line, but it's I, my guess is it's going to be on the, the low side of things. Uh, I think that's going to be uh, a big driver uh, for gold. But who knows? With, it's the government. They, who knows what they're going to say? But we do have that jobs number tomorrow. Uh, right now, uh, everybody's kind of muted. The, the Dow is just over 22,000. It's up a few points. Uh, the dollar has been hanging out uh, at that 93 level. It's actually uh, 92 and change right now. Uh, gold's been waiting. Right. Gold's been sitting here. Where, where, where's the next step going to be? And like I said, I think it's going to be higher again. Uh, the Bank of England didn't raise rates uh, today and has and provided some relief, and we start looking at what's happening, though, big picture-wise. You know, that's day-to-day. And I, and I know we get caught up in day-to-day-to-day. That's what they want you to look at. We need to take a bigger look. And the bigger look is there's a massive preparation going on, not just in, you know, we talk about blockchain technology and the new digital currencies and all, not just that. But all of the central banks getting ready, all of the private, you know, billionaires, for lack of a better term, all getting ready. And this is what you need to do. They're getting their insurance right they're they're getting ready because they know the big accident is coming right unfortunately it happened and this is what you get prepared for all week this week we've been running some some great pricing uh i still have and i I, and i shouldn't but i do i still have some twenty dollar gold pieces matter of fact i've got them in stock thirteen hundred and thirty dollars and we'll see what tomorrow brings. But if we get a number, a low number tomorrow, I think you're going to see uh, the dollar fall again, and, and, and gold's going to spike up, and we're going to test that 1300 again. Uh, U.S. twenty-dollar liberties at 1330, and I have just a handful of these five-dollar liberties. Uh, I didn't sell them all out, but we got close at 330. I'm going to tell you right now, the five-dollar liberties are an absolute steal at $330. So either way, at 809510592 take the time. Understand what it is that that really you're preparing for. Right? We're preparing just like the central bankers are. We're preparing just like the uh, the elite are and we're going to get ready cuz we're smart enough to know. Right? We're, the stocks are good, the housing's good, but it's not going to last and we need to get ready. 800 592 That's our toll free number. Everybody take care, have a great rest of your Thursday. This was a paid program and was provided for informational purposes only.